Hello, thank you for joining me. My name is Justin Bates, and today we're going to be tackling the question, why does God call prophets? Now, in case you're wondering if God really does call prophets, um, let's check Ephesians 2. Okay, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, um, Paul says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And that's something that sometimes people struggle with as they feel like a prophet takes the place of uh, the Savior Jesus Christ. Um, sometimes people accuse Joseph Smith of that or, or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints saying, well, Joseph Smith is your your Savior, and that's not at all the case. Even in, in Paul's day, in the ancient church, there were apostles and prophets, but they in no way uh, supersede or take precedence over Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. He is the Savior. Um, the apostles and prophets are special witnesses of him and point to him. Um, and we see that same pattern uh, as far back in the Bible as we can find, you know, from Adam to Abraham, to Moses, to even Jesus Christ, who was greater than a prophet, but he also served the, the function of a prophet um, while on the earth. Okay, uh, so we know that the Lord has called prophets in the past, but so our greater question maybe is, why does he call prophets? Well, let's look at a couple examples. In Doctrine and Covenants section 123, uh, which is a book of uh, modern scripture revealed through the prophet Joseph Smith and some other prophets. Um, there's a, a, a verse here that I find is very, very useful in this discussion. Verse 12 says, There are many yet on the earth, and I'm skipping around here a little bit, who are blinded by the subtle craftiness of men, and who are only kept from the truth because they know not where to find it. And this is crucial. This is key in our discussion. Um, Christ wants us to know where to find truth. He wants us to know how to come back and live with him again. Um, and so prophets are one of the ways in which he helps us to receive that truth. Okay, now uh, case in point here. Um, when he called Joseph Smith to be a prophet of the restoration, here's what he said. This is Doctrine and Covenants 1, verse 17. Wherefore I, the Lord, knowing the calamity which should come upon the inhabitants of the earth, called upon my servant Joseph Smith, Jr. And then he skips down a little bit as to some reasons why. He says, verse 21, that faith also might increase in the earth, that mine everlasting covenant might be established, and that the fullness of my gospel might be proclaimed by the weak and simple unto the ends of the world and before kings and rulers. Okay, and he emphasizes in verse 24 that he's given his servants these commandments and these responsibilities and these stewardships in their weakness. Okay, he knows that uh, prophets aren't perfect. He knows that they're men, uh, mortal men, but he calls them anyway. Um, and he empowers them, and he qualifies them, and he, he works with them. Okay, so uh, first thing, if we're looking at why does God call prophets, it's because Christ loves us, and he wants us to know how to return to him. Uh, like we talked about in that previous scripture, if there were no prophets, then they who are kept from the truth because they know not where to find it would be everyone. That would be all of us because we wouldn't know. Now, in pre-mortal life, yes, we were taught the plan and we understood the Savior's role, but we have a veil of forgetfulness over our, our minds that we can't remember those things in this life or we only catch glimpses of it here and there. Um, 
But with prophets, we can have someone teach the plain and simple doctrines of salvation, that through the atonement of Jesus Christ, all mankind can be saved. Things like that, that are doctrinally and eternally significant, are taught by prophets at the Lord's command. Okay, and so that's one reason that he calls prophets. Okay, let's look at another reason here. In Matthew chapter 16, the Lord is talking to Peter, and this is that famous, really awesome discussion where he says, uh, you know, uh, whom say ye that I am? And Peter answers, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Okay, which is another evidence that prophets and apostles testify of Christ, okay, and who he is and his reality. Okay, but then below, Christ adds one thing more. In verse 19, he says, I, he's talking to Peter, will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And actually, let me go ahead and show you the verse here. Sorry. Uh, okay. So whatsoever, he says, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. Okay. These keys, we know by modern revelation, are priesthood keys. Or in other words, um, the rights of presidency or the authority of God to direct and govern the use of priesthood on the earth. Okay, or direct and govern his work on the earth. Okay, obviously under the direction of Jesus Christ. Okay, these were essential in the New Testament, so much so that, that Christ said it right there to Peter. Okay, that I'm going to give you the keys of the priesthood, okay, the keys of the kingdom. Because we need a power to be able to bind things both on earth and in heaven. Okay, if our, our ordinances like baptism and sealings, marriage between a man and a woman and, and other temple ordinances and, and priesthood ordinations, if those things were only earthly, if we had no authority to make those of eternal consequence and eternally binding, then what are we doing? Like, why are we doing these things? They're meant to be um, lasting, okay? But we need a greater power than we mortals possess in order to make that efficacious in the eternities. Um, priesthood keys are held by prophets, okay? Christ gives his priesthood and his priesthood keys to prophets who then are able to disseminate that authority throughout the earth and make sure that not only is it available for the, the to help the work go forward and to perform these ordinances, but also that those ordinances are done properly um, and done in the Lord's way um, and by those who the Lord has deemed worthy to do them, okay, and to receive them, okay? So <clears throat> that's really, really important. So if we're looking at a second reason here, why does God call prophets? Because we need Christ's priesthood authority and keys on the earth. They are essential. If we don't have that authority, we can't do these saving ordinances and we can't um, progress along the covenant path, or in other words, the path back to our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Mother, and, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, now let's look at another example or another possible reason here. In Ephesians chapter 4, um, the Lord teaches through Paul something else. Okay, he says in verse 11, and he, he's, Paul's talking about Christ. He, in verse 10, he says, he that descended is the same that ascended up far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So he's talking about Christ. So the antecedent of verse 11 is he is Christ. It says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. And here's why for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, like we talked about earlier, knowing about him and his plan, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 
And then this last part, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Okay, it is an unfortunate reality that there are many in the earth who seek to deceive, who seek to lead us away from the Savior and his covenant path. There are people who, who are seeking to do that under the influence of the adversary of Satan. The Lord wants a representative on the earth, and we need a representative of his on the earth to help us become more perfect, to help us in the, the work of God on the earth, to help us become edified, to help us become unified, to help us get a knowledge of our Savior, to help us become more perfect. Now, obviously, Jesus Christ is the one who perfects, but as the prophets teach what the Savior would have us teach, and as they help disseminate his authority across the earth, and as they help to teach his correct doctrine, not just any wind of doctrine, but his sound, pure doctrine, we are able to progress and become more perfect. In the absence of prophets, in absence of a representative of Christ on the earth, we would be missing out on these things. It would be so much more difficult. And we know this is the case because many times in the history, both in the Bible and throughout the post-biblical history uh, up to the modern day, there have been times when there weren't prophets on the earth. And we see that people go here and there searching for truth, and they can't seem to find it. Uh, They go looking for authority and can't seem to find it. People are interpreting truth in all kinds of different ways. But once the Lord calls a prophet and restores his authority, then there's a fount of truth springing up that can begin to clarify and disseminate truth again across the earth. Okay, Um, This happened when the Savior came to the earth and began his ministry. This happened when Joseph Smith was called as a prophet, and it happened in many other dispensations or periods of time when prophets were on the earth with his authority. Okay, so um, kind of a, a third reason. Why does God call prophets? Because the Lord wants a representative on the earth. Okay, he needs a special witness for him and his divinity, both in word and in deed. Prophets give us an earthly example of someone striving to follow Jesus Christ, not perfectly, obviously, but continually striving. Um, Now, some might argue, well, we have the Holy Ghost for that. Okay, he can do all these things. Well, the Holy Ghost, for one, doesn't disseminate priesthood authority on the earth. That's not his role. Okay, that's something that's done by the laying on of hands and under the direction of God. Um, Okay, now also, while the Spirit is a crucial means of revelation, and I don't want to under, undercut that at all, he is absolutely essential, and the Holy Spirit does so much for us as a member of the Godhead, many times God's children are not receptive to the whisperings of the Spirit. For whatever reason, through our own stubbornness, our own pride, our own sinfulness, we don't qualify or are not receptive to the whisperings, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Having someone else, a tangible human being who can speak to us face to face to invite, call, and teach us about Jesus Christ is sometimes what we need to help soften our hearts, to help prepare us to receive those still small whisperings of the Holy Ghost that, that uh, can help us in our efforts to come to Christ. Okay, and I know in my experience, um, I've had powerful personal testimonies about my Savior Jesus Christ and about what I need to do through the Holy Ghost. So too, I have had experiences where I've been listening to a living prophet teach and testify and invite and call to repentance and counsel me. 
And I've been able to feel the Holy Ghost testify to me through their words of the things that I needed to do. Um, and so I hope we don't put them up in competition with one another. Not at all. The Holy Ghost works with prophets because they're both working towards the same goal, which is serving Jesus Christ in his efforts to bring to pass our immortality and eternal life to help us come back and home to him. Okay. Um, so there are three key reasons that, that I've identified, and there's probably many more, okay, of why God calls prophets. Number one, because he, Christ loves us and he wants us to know how to return and live with him. Number two, because we need Christ's priesthood authority and keys on the earth. And the pattern that he has established in the past and that he continues to this day is that he works through prophets to do that, to teach correct doctrine, to restore priesthood keys, okay, to do all of that, okay? And lastly, because the Lord wants a representative on the earth, a, divine, uh, a divinely called witness for him to teach his doctrine, to edify the saints, to help us become more perfected, uh, to help us not be blown around with every wind of doctrine that comes in in uh, each each era of history okay so really really important okay now kind of a last thought on this do we really need prophets now throughout recorded history when prophets are killed or removed from the lord's people okay and we see this all throughout biblical history um, we see this also in the book of mormon um, and we see it up through the restoration of the church in the modern days that when the prophets are killed, people fall away from the truth, despite their best efforts. When there's not a mouthpiece for the Lord on the earth with authority, people fall away from the truth. Look at the ancient Israelites, look at the Nephites, look at the ancient Christian church after the death of the apostles, and so forth. It just happens that when we don't have a, a sounding voice for truth, a, a, a watchman on the tower, a speaker for him, we fall away from truth over time. Um, and even if we were ma managed to somehow retain the, the, the truth and the doctrine in its purity, we wouldn't have the authority to do the works necessary for salvation, including baptism. Okay, because that authority comes from God and it comes in, uh, in his ways, in the ways that he's established. Okay. Now, when you lose the prophets, if I can summarize, when you lose the prophets, you lose priesthood keys and priesthood authority. When you lose priesthood keys and authority, you no longer have the authority to perform those saving ordinances that are performed under that authority. When you lose the saving ordinances and the priesthood keys and the prophets, inevitably you're going to lose your clarity of doctrine. Doctrines are going to change. Truths are not going to change, but what people teach as truth will change, okay? It becomes muddled. And if doctrine is something of a foundation on which we build, right? Like true doctrine, things like Jesus Christ is the savior of the world, we're children of God, that kind of thing. If that becomes muddled and we're trying to build on that unsturdy foundation, that's not gonna cut it. If you build a house on an unsturdy foundation, it's going to fall. And so too, if we build without prophets, without Christ's prophets on the earth. <clears throat> who teach all these different things and have this authority. Okay, <clears throat> so last couple things here. Doctrine and Covenants section one. How should we treat the words of living prophets? Okay, 
How should we treat the words of living prophets? Here's what the Savior said. What I, the Lord, have spoken, I have spoken, and I excuse not myself. And though the heavens and the earth pass away, my words shall not pass away, but shall all be fulfilled. Well, that makes sense, right? His words are fulfilled. But here he adds something else. Whether by mine own voice or by the voice of my servants, it is the same. Okay? If Christ speaks it to us himself, or he speaks through his servants, from his perspective, it is the same. And we need to treat their words as such. A modern-day prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, said something very similar that I just love. He said, It is my testimony that when we follow through with whatever the prophet of God asks us to do, the way will be opened and lives will be changed. And he shared a great story that we don't have time for today about how he found that to be true. Okay, that was in his Hope of Israel devotional with the youth some years ago. President Nelson also added this, <clears throat> and I love this. My experience is that once you stop putting question marks behind the prophet's statements and put exclamation points instead and do it, the blessings just pour. Okay, and that's a testimony from a modern prophet about the power of following the Lord's prophets. Um, I hope we will stop questioning what it is that the prophets teach. We see in the Bible, we see in the Book of Mormon, we see throughout recorded history that when people follow the prophets, they're blessed and they come closer to Jesus Christ. When people choose to question or reject or doubt or discard the prophets, they fall. They fall away from Christ and they, they lose out on so many blessings that they could have if they would listen to the Lord's mouthpiece. Um, I hope that we will listen to the Lord's living prophets and apostles in our day. They are representatives of Jesus Christ and special witnesses for him. My hope and prayer is that we will listen to them. Um, and I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now a last bit here. General Conference is coming up this weekend. I would invite anyone, whether a member of the church or not, anyone who loves Jesus Christ or wants to learn more about him, to come and participate in General Conference um, this coming weekend, September 30th through October 1st. The conference happens twice a year in the spring and in the fall, um, and this year it's coming up uh, on Saturday and Sunday, this coming Saturday and Sunday. If you want to know how to access it, I'll put a link into the show notes here, um, and I'd love for you to listen to a prophet's voice um, with us. It'll be a wonderful blessing. Okay. All right. Thanks very much. Thanks for being with us. I hope you have a wonderful day. Um, see you later. If you like what we're doing here and you want to subscribe uh, for a weekly video tackling a new question, please do so. Uh, like, subscribe. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.